listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. Hello, fellow readers, and welcome to Three Reads in a Pod. My name is Heather. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Delia. If you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses, stick around. This episode of Three Reads, we'll be discussing Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. If you want to read along, we post the book and book by the month on our Instagram. And that handle is three reads in a pod. The number three reads in a pod. Without further ado, it's time to turn the page. What am I doing first? (laughs) (laughs) How would you like me to begin? You're doing the I background, do, chickadee. Do we do the background to the author first, or do I do the book first? It's it's backgrounder's choice. You you choose, girl. It's yeah. all up to whatever you want. So, Where the Crawdads Sing, uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Okay, um, this takes place in the marshlands of North Carolina. The book begins in 1955. I'm correct on that, correct? 1955. This happens between the 1950s, 1960s. We get to 1970 at the main end, I believe. Um, so keep that in mind. But we meet Kaya Clark. Her full name is uh, Catherine Danielle Clark. She's a six-year-old girl um, on the edge of seven. Uh, she just watched her mom walk out of her life forever. Kaya's left with her four older siblings and an abusive alcoholic father. Uh, soon Kaya finds everyone in her life leaving her one by one until she is in total isolation out in the swamp by herself. Um, with a little help from the locals like Jumpin' and his wife Mabel, Kaya finds herself surviving on her own. Um, Kaya soon becomes romantically involved with Tate Walker, a boy she has known periodically since childhood. After exploring nature and one another, uh, Tate leaves for college and believes that Kaya cannot make it in his new world. She's too wild and untamed. Um, Kaya, becoming alone once again, finds herself in the throes of passion with the town hero, popular Chase Andrews. However, when Chase mysteriously dies years later by falling off of the local fire tower, the town's eyes turn to Kaya, the marsh girl. Kaya is put on trial but finds support through her friends, Tate among them. Um, in the end, I would say you have uh, kind of a double twist ending. I don't want to give that away completely what do you guys think should i should i just leave it there i know we're going to talk about it anyway so here's the thing if you i'll I'll, real quick those of you who haven't read the book yet i would stop listening right now if you haven't finished it you need to stop listening because if i were you if i hadn't read the book and had this if i had the surprise ending spoiled for me i would be super pissed off so stop now because Sarah is going to go ahead and share the surprise ending. That way, those of you who have read it and maybe forgot it, she can remind you. But yeah, if you haven't, like super, super spoiler alert. I know we have one of these yes. in the beginning. We're going to do another one now. Stop spoiler right now. Alert. Come back. Spoiler, we'll be here. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we will be here. Yeah, because we're going to discuss it later. So we, we got to get it out now. Let's go ahead and yeah, play it out. Sorry, guys, but here you go. So Kaya is found not guilty. Uh, clearly this should have happened because there was not any evidence complete lack of evidence am i right girls there was total total um reasonable doubt there kaya's found not guilty she lives her life with tate um who loses his really sweet father um scupper 
he's a big part of this. I don't want to miss out on that. He's a wonderful, wonderful character. I love Scupper so much. Uh, I see then, it in your face. He's <laughs> such a good one. Um, Tate's such a good boy. And so she lives her life with Tate after Kaya passes away at the age of 64 from heart failure um, in the, the marsh where her and Tate have lived uh, for years. Tate finds a hidden space under i believe is it the stove right the stove it's the fire the, the fire, of the fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. so he finds the hidden space and then it turns out that kaya is the poet her favorite poet who she constantly quotes throughout this book she is that poet she has published her poems and not only did he find the poems but tate finds the shell necklace that kaya made for chase andrews that was taken from his body after the murder. Now, Kaya kept this because Kaya was indeed the murderer. <laughs> okay. But I can't blame the girl. So mm-hmm. it ends with Tate burning most of Kaya's poems, if not all of them, burning the hide that the shell was on, the necklace, and then putting the shell back into the ocean, basically, from where it came. And that's where we end. Uh, now, do you want me to go on about Delia Owens? You can. Okay, here we go, Delia Owens. All right. Not to be mistaken with Delilah Owens. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have, I'm sure you do, with the background on the back, but it was really cool because I read it. For some reason, I thought that this was like, I thought she was, I don't know why I thought this originally, that she was completely like a fiction writer and that this was not her first like fiction because novel. this is a kick-ass book i thought so too i didn't realize it until i read the back jacket yes yes absolutely and i don't know i must have had her confused with somebody else who's like a um a writer who bases their books in like the carolinas but i was very surprised but if you read the background it says delia owens is the co-author of three internationally best-selling non-fiction books about her life as a wildlife scientist in africa she holds a BS uh, in zoology from the University of Georgia and a PhD in animal behavior from the University of California at Davis. She has won the John Barrows Award for Nature Writing and has been published in Nature, the African Journal of Ecology, and International Wildlife, among many others. She lives in the mountains of North Carolina, where the Crawdads Sing is her first novel. Now, I listened to an interview by her, actually, and she is so Southern with her drawl, and I really enjoy that, even though, you know, she was like... A, a, it made me feel better about about knowing that she had that background but in this interview she said that she studied wildlife in the most remote locations in africa for 23 years Uh, she said that she saw lions and elephants face to face so often that it reminded her how we as humans are so much like them and she would look at the lion prides and think of her girlfriends back home and how much they meant to her so she wanted to write this novel and she made the setting in North Carolina for a practical reason. She said um, it was a temperate climate. Uh, you can actually fish and collect mussels and oysters there to live. So it's not like far-fetched that she could live here alone. But also she chose it for poetic reasons because it's just gorgeous. And that, with her writing, you can completely tell it's just, you know, beautiful, beautiful. And that's that. All right. So I guess initial thoughts. Heather, you go first. Um, so this is my second time reading this book. It is even better the second time just because there is a lot of foreshadowing to the twist ending. And I probably wouldn't have picked up on it. I didn't pick up on it the first time, 
Because everything Kaya says is so ingrained in nature. Her similes are based on nature. There's something where she's like, oh, that's as slick as the mud on the left side of my house next to that estuary. And I'm like, yep, no one can relate to that, but I appreciate it. But that's all she knows. So very basic initial thoughts. I love it. I love the imagery. I love Kaya as a character, both as child, teenager, adult. I love a lot of the family dynamics that's in it. I love all the science that in it. I'm a science gal at heart. So that's really beautiful. Um, Growing up in Eastern Kentucky, out in the middle of nowhere. I feel like there's a lot of things that I can relate to with Kaya. And then I also love murder. So this book is a 10 out of 10. Um, uh, Sarah picked this book and uh, I wanted to say that because the author and I share a name, which we, I say, does she say her name Delia or does she say, pronounce it some other way? It's Delia. Okay, cool. I asked because my aunt has the same name as me, except that she pronounces it Dila and I'm Delia. So I just oh. wanted to make sure that we were making sure that the author's name is being pronounced correctly. I had no doubts. So I just wanted to double check. So I loved this book. I probably wouldn't have picked it up by myself, uh, which I think is one of the beautiful things about this, about us doing book club and, and this podcast is that you're, you guys make me read things I wouldn't have read by myself. And I, I learn a lot from it and I get a lot out of it. When I first started reading it, I didn't realize it was set in the Carolinas or in North Carolina. Uh, and I was like, man, I thought it was in my head for some reason. She's talking about the marsh and I'm thinking the salt marsh up in like New England area. You know what I mean? Like North Maine, that area. And so I was thinking about that for some reason. And I was like, man, they're writing this like it's a Southern book, though. They talk about it and like it's it's swampy and it's sugary and it's very like Southern. And then we get to, oh, it's the Carolinas. And I was like, oh, that that tracks. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm really happy that she's, you know, based out of that area, because I think sometimes I recently just finished The Bourbon Kings by J.R. Ward, and I I like her. She's one of my favorite authors, but she's not from the South, and you can tell because she doesn't use y'all the right way, and that's always very frustrating to me when a a non-Southern person, like, kudos to you for taking a stab at it, and I super appreciate it, but because you're, like, putting us on the map, but I think in some ways uh, it, it doesn't do us any justice. So I like that that she seems to, she knows what she's talking about. It feels very authentic. The storyline is fantastic. I love the characters. She gives them so much background. They're like actual people. And some people do that with with characters. And sometimes it's more about the plot. But I think she does an excellent Mm -hmm. job with both. She balances them so well. Especially for it being her first novel. Like, damn girl. She was like, I'm going to take a stab at this and shoot for the stars and land upon upon them. Like, she did so great. Oh, it's just good. I love this book. It was fantastic. Thanks, Sarah, for making us read it. <laughs> Anytime. I found out about this book because I was in a bookstore and I saw that it was recommended by Reese Witherspoon. And, you know, I think of Reese Witherspoon and like my automatic little thought is uh, Sweet Home Alabama. And so I saw that. Yeah, and she's so good in that. I know, mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. Which I casted one of those characters in also at the end. Oh, anyway. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> casting was so hard, so I'm super interested to see what know, happens at the end I of this. Wait. It was so hard. But my first thought of this is like the 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 descriptions are by far some of the best I've ever read. Like, you can tell that she is a nature writer. Like, at the end, I was not surprised to learn that that was, like, her 
her forte. Like I was, you know, very in, intrigued with everything. Like I felt like I was there, you know, with the salt and the wind, the water, the mud, the gulls, mm-hmm. you know, everything. I just felt like I was there. And even the shack, like I thought it was just wonderful. Like I pictured it all really well. And of course there's a map at the beginning of the book. I don't know if you ladies checked out the map. I did, and then I promptly forgot about it. <laughs> Me too, because in my head, it was not like the map. So if you want to check out the map, that's great. But if you don't, that's okay too. It's fine. Yeah, I did the audiobook, and uh, Jacqueline actually had a copy of this because she's been meaning to read it. And so I was like, oh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll flip through it. And just now, for the first time ever, notice that map. <laughs> that map. <laughs> so I was like, oh, coolio. Missed out on that. <laughs> Yes, I think overall, super happy I read it. Really glad with that. Glad I picked it. My impression was, you know, I only had to sit down, I think, three different times to read it. And only because I was feeling sick, I would have probably finished it sooner than that. But I felt like, especially like once I got into the second half, it just really kind of flew by. I I agree, though. Great character background. I felt for the characters. Like, oh my gosh, I felt for this girl, right? Like, you just feel so much. And and I really enjoy, really enjoyed that. Yes. I think mm-hmm. as far as likes go, so this book kind of reminded me of To Kill a Mockingbird a little bit in the the southernism of it and the, the community and the characters and all has, it's not the same. The storyline's very, well, not super different, but the storyline's different. <laughs> But it has those same sort of tone and vibes to it that I really just enjoyed immensely. I felt like, like Kaya went through so much, y'all. I, a survivor, I, yeah. She is such a survivor, you know, and I don't, my heart hurts for her. She just goes through so much shit and is persecuted by the town so many different times. Like, I, I hate this so much because I feel like this is so small town is like, if you're different, this is how you're treated. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that it's getting better. And I think we've had this conversation before. I like to think that things are getting better. I'm happy that she ended up like, she published books. She was a beautiful artist. She was invited to guest lectures, but she was so like isolated from human nature that she couldn't do it. Like my whole heart goes out to her. I, She's just fantastic. I like that. So I, I likened a lot to her living in the marsh. They kind of became one, their family. But I talked a lot, well, I thought not, well, I typed a lot in my journal, but I talked, I thought about how the marsh became to, like, we're, we're all from, or have lived in, <laughs> me, Eastern Kentucky. And I think that, I remember reading, listening, or watching, how we were watching something in school, and it was like how, a documentary about the mountains, and how when you live in Appalachia, you have, like, three parents, your mom, your dad, and the mountain. And I think that the marsh became, I think they talked, she talked about that. But the marsh became her mom and her dad. Like it nurtured her and taught her things and it kept her alive and it kept her secrets at the end. Mm -hmm. And she was just kind of one with the land. And I kind of, I love that. I wish we could get back to it a little bit more. I spent a lot of time in my garden this weekend. So like that's those are the feelings I have right now. I'm like, man, I wish we could spend more time in nature and not be like so tied down to the everyday drudgery that exists. But it was a nice escape. Absolutely. And if I could just super quick quote, it's page 64 on the audiobook. It says, Kaya laid her hand upon the breathing wet earth and the marsh became her mother. Yeah, see, she did say that. Mm-hmm. 
It's beautiful. I agree. I saw a lot of parallels between, which this does take place, obviously, in, like, Appalachia region. Um, but I saw a lot of parallels between Kaya and the way that, you know, m my grandma and grew up during that time period. Or how, you know, how that would have happened with the, the houses and the dirt roads. And then, you know, you have all of this land, and which was her land. And I'm so glad that she ended up getting that land, you know, for herself oh, I loved in, the, in the novel. So good. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. But it was, it was so beautiful. Like my heart broke for her isolation because everyone did leave one after the other. And it, <laughs> it pissed me off too, um, obviously, because a part of me was just like, does no one care that there's a seven-year-old little girl just living out there with her dad? Oh, yeah. Everyone? Mm -hmm. I guess no one, you know, and I know that that was towards the end of the book. That was something that was brought up because Tom, the lawyer, was like, we just left her out there. He's like, no one came to feed her, clothe her. She got clothes from, you know, the, the black church and the black families. We didn't give her anything. We didn't welcome her. We didn't bring her into foster care. We didn't do that. We didn't welcome her. We made her, you know, they called her the Marsh girl and they ignored her and looked at her as dirty and like, the woman who wouldn't let her touch her child because she's like, no, she's dirty. Oh, I hated that bitch so much. Yeah, I was like, like that was oh, her first like trash. human interaction after this, right? Like she outside of her family, which is yes, very broken. Like yeah. literally reaching out to someone and then completely just shut down. Listen, guys, I know how much we love Tate. I don't know if you like. I love Tate, right? Oh, but I, I said we stand Tate in him. this house. I mean, so, too. Go ahead. I'm like, I was so mad because when he when he sees her. And, you know, he brings romanticism there to her and they're very, I don't know, together, like they, they jive and I get where he was coming from. Like he was, he was like an 18 year old boy and she was like 14, 15, you know, and I get where he's coming from that he did not want to, to just like take her innocence in such a way from her oh you know? i'm kind of with that though like i had some yeah. serious beef with tape when i realized like he's 18 and she's 14 i had i it took me a second to when i as i kept reading and saw like the way that he was with her i was better because at first i was super worried that he was going to be like you know the stereotypical teenage boy where i don't give a shit about you and your feelings and i'm just going to mm -hmm. be again i say stereotypical teenage boy not all teenage boys are like this but right. you know what i mean like, yeah, I was absolutely. really worried, and then he wasn't, and I liked him a lot for that. But then, like you said, he, he couldn't reconcile his life with her. Absolutely. Like, when he stated, he's, you know, he looked at her, and he saw her. When he said he did come back, you know, because the novel tells us, obviously, he came back. He looked at her, saw how she was hiding from people, realized that she wouldn't work out there. And instead of saying, fuck, goodbye, or like, hey, this isn't going to work out. I'm going to leave for a while. I'm sorry. He's just like see ya <laughs> like you've been yeah. abandoned so many other times it's okay this time we'll be okay and i was so mad at him for a while guys i was like mm -hmm. why do we like tate <laughs> why do we like him now uh, mm -hmm. we don't baby girl we don't in those moments we don't right otherwise yes. tate was... we stand tate in this house soon because mm -hmm. okay and i don't know how you girls felt obviously we've all been through heartbreak and such before even if it's not romantic ways whatever but her waiting on that beach for him like I, you know it made me think of like my my young adult teenage young adult days of just like pining after someone who's not going to come back you know like everybody has that kind of 
their first love, their first heartbreak. And I felt so bad for her. And she had no one there to be like, she had no girlfriend. She had no, no one there to be like, hey, it's okay. Like, it's going to be all right. I can't remember my first heartbreak. I ended up in my mama's lap and I was in in college. My mom held me in her lap and I cried. So I, I can't imagine trying to go through that by myself, you know. Yeah, absolutely not. I was a hot mess. I'm still a hot mess if anything bothers me. Like, goodness, just an emotional person. And I think for her, she just never really got the chance to, to give in to those emotions, you know, because she had to be to be her own. Like, she had to pick herself up and comfort she had herself. To be, yeah, she had to be on guard the entire time. Ooh. Yes. So I, I definitely like the emotional side of it all. Like, I thought it went really well. I hated that Ma didn't come back, but I understood why she didn't, right? Hated that Paul left and never came back. I was kind of hoping, though, in the book that we were going to find out, it, like, his skeleton was in the marshland or something. He just, like, got <laughs> drunk and died out there, and we were going to find him. God, that, that sounds about right, closure. though. Right. I was like, who oh, And there was a brief know? minute where Paul came around, and I was like, yes, this is her time to shine. It was not. <laughs> it yeah. was just a very brief okay time and then he rolled out when ma wrote her letter so yeah paul can suck it yeah Um, i don't know if i'm like okay so this is my internal misogyny but large parts of me are like if she hadn't wrote that letter he's he was still a drunk he was still gonna relapse that's just how it was gonna be but i also felt like that could have lasted a little bit longer you know like he kind of was realizing but then jody talks about how he'd done that with him before but i also think like back then it was Jody and the whole family was still there and then he would come around and stop drinking as much and so I like again I get again it's my internal misogyny because large parts of me were mad at Ma about that like if she hadn't reached out then this could have like he could have been better but I also recognize that she's a mother and that's her kid you know and I I can't Mm -hmm. fault her for wanting to reach out to her children when she was in like a a state of complete and total Sorry, my husband's in the kitchen, and that's what all that background noise is. <laughs> and the door's open because the cat wants to come in, but she's just sleeping outside of it. Now I can't close it because, anyway, so. <laughs> so sorry, guys. <laughs> so it's a little loud right now. But I, she she fell into a state of psychosis and catatonia and, like, just freaking lost mm-hmm. it. And for good reason, for good reason, I just uh, – I think the one thing about this book that you realize about all the characters is that, not all of them, but a good chunk of them is that they're cowards. Mm-hmm. Like, they, mm. Tate is too cowardly to talk to Kaya and say, sorry, girl, I'm a peace out. And Chase is a fucking asshole. So I'm gonna call him a coward because a only chad. cowards do the shit that he did. And, you know, her, her parents, her mom didn't come back because she was afraid of her dad. Again, for good reason. But I just, and Jody didn't come back because he felt bad that he had left her completely and I'm like you guys were so caught up in your feelings that you abandoned this poor girl made shit absolutely worse like own up to your shit own up to your responsibilities and the fact that you dropped the fucking ball it's never too late to come back and try and help out you know like they were just too again they were all up in their feelings and they couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything else about it which just again I get it's very human which is why I liked this book is it's very human to do but I also was like Y'all selfish, selfish, selfish people. Right. Well, it, for me, and I told Adam this because he woke up, we woke up this morning. He's like, so how was the book? And I was like, can I tell you right now? Because like, 
there was the point where Jody comes back, and I love Jody, right? I think we all love Jody, but there was that point where he's like, I shouldn't have left you here, you know, I regret that. And even Tate's like, hey, I love you, I regret what I did. And there's all this regret, and this poor girl is sitting here, and even Jody's like, hey, Kai, you know, you don't have to pull away from people, you don't have to do this and this, you can, you know, you can build relationships, you can move on, you can make it better. And I'm like, everybody fucking left her she has a right and she's like everyone left me and i'm like baby girl they did (laughs) they didn't i'm sorry and it sucks and i get where jody was coming from but it kind of pissed me off that he just kind of came back and then he's like i'm so sorry it's it's one of my biggest regrets but you don't have to be this way and i'm like yeah she does like stop mansplaining to her please yeah the first half was great i liked what you were doing with that jody but the second half you kind of you kind of dropped the ball homie (laughs) because i don't blame him he was so young he was also young he also had an Mm -hmm. alcoholic abusive father his mother Mm -hmm. also left him everything Mm -hmm. that applied to akaya applied to him but he was older so he was able to get out i do not blame Mm -hmm. him for leaving he is one of the people because he was a child and she even says that to Mm -hmm. him she's like no you were a kid too but i went with you but my Jody's biggest flaw is, well, why don't you give Tate a chance? And she's like, yeah, I did. And he fucking left. (laughs) What do you want me to do with that? I love her hating Tate so much. I think that is so accurate. And I think she had to put a guard up. And she was like, yeah, no, Tate can uh, get bent. And I'm not going to have any feelings for him. Mm -hmm. And he can try. And I'm going to throw rocks at him when he comes around. Because (laughs) what a day. Her throwing rocks was the best damn thing. Can I say that? When he's like, Kaya, stop. And she's like, no, you chicken shit asshole. <laughs> Her cussing, even as a child, cracked me up. She's like, a bunch of chicken shits. And I'm like, oh, let's be baby. Some bitch, some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, a literal product of her raising. Like, the part that pisses me off the most about Tate is beyond him leaving, but it's the fact that he knew her stuff. Like, he knew all Mm -hmm. of her issues with abandonment. Mm -hmm. You knew. And instead of being a a courteous and decent person, decent human, and not re-traumatizing her again with your own leaving, I'm not saying, okay, look, I'm (laughs) I'm not saying that he had to stay with her and had to be in a romantic relationship with her. That's not it. I am saying that if you feel like she can't be a a larger part of your life so you can meet your goals, you can still be friendly. You can still be like, hey, I'm sorry. I can't. I don't like at least talk to the girl. Mm -hmm. Explain why you're leaving. Or again, that would be a shitty thing to say too. Like, hey, sorry, you're too weird. So you're not going to finish my my new college lifestyle. So Mm. I'm sorry. Like, we can't be, we can't be, just like, I don't know, he could, I wanted more from him because he, he met such great expectations in the beginning, and then, you know, obviously he was flawed, and I hate him for that, so, like, no, and I, I know, needed him to I be know. perfect, and he wasn't. The unreasonable part for me, the part that really bothered me, was the fact that he came back, and she saw him. She saw him so many different times and she knew that he wasn't going to come back. He came back. You know, it's not like he left for college, stayed at college, like only visited home every now and then. It's like he came back kind of not, I don't want to say often, but like 
periodically he even said he rode the bus so many times he's like oh but i can't mention that because uh, that would probably bring up some bad memories do you remember that part where he's like yeah she can ride the bus I... i'm gonna tell her about the bus he's like i know the schedule because i rode it so many times and he's like wait i probably shouldn't mention that i rode the bus a lot because then she'll know <laughs> came back to town all the time <laughs> what thing another thing that pisses me off about tate is that he knew he wanted to study the marsh so he knew his ass was coming back there yeah, where else are you going to study the damn marsh? Where you were raised, home slides. Come on now. I don't understand why he was like, I'm sorry. I just think he, like he, okay. I know it's because he, his brain wasn't fully developed. So he really wasn't thinking like, like further into the future beyond like, I'm going to get a degree. But I'm just like, damn son, you are so dumb. Like you did a dumb. You did a you serious did a dumb. dumb. <laughs> I can't. I think it was her. She was, hey, you're going to go to college. You're going to find these pretty girls. You're going to forget about me. And then um, he's like, no, never. And then he never comes back, right? So then when, was it Jody? When he was, she was explaining to Jody, Kaya was, when he comes back to tell her about Ma passing away, which is very sad. But, you know, she's mm -hmm. telling him the story and he's like, well, Kaya, she, he just went to college and he was around all them pretty girls. What do you expect? And I'm like, don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really no, I noticed that too. I was like, don't say that, dude. It's like, you can't blame him, Kaya. You can. You can't blame him. You absolutely you can. can. Mm -hmm. What happened so to I, loyalty and faithfulness? I can blame the hell out of him if I want to. Don't tell me how to feel. Right. And then we uh, chase Also, Andrew. do you love how... <laughs> do you love how... Um... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all the guys sleep with whomever... <laughs> The guys, okay, so he goes to college and he's like, I can have all the females. And everyone's like, oh, he's around all these females. And it's like, oh, go get yourself a good female. And then she never sleeps with anybody until Trace Andrews. And they're like, she's the whore girl from the marsh. And I'm yeah, like, that's, that's, that's the double too. standard. That's the double standard. She didn't even sleep with anybody. And they're like, mm, she likes the kids already, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, no, you mean in the marsh? Because that's what she did. <laughs> She likes mud, if that's what you're talking about. Like literal mud, if that's what you want to talk about. But yeah, that, oh, that is how And it is. that scene, oh my God, where he drove her like a day out of town. And he's mm. like, okay, I think it's time for us to have sex. Like, what's she going to do? Say no? And then you not drive her ass back to her house? That's coercion. You're a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I had In so many. dirtiest motel room where she's oh like God. The, the neon vacancy signs and there's blood on the sheets and you put in a, a, a nickel and the bed vibrated and <laughs> she's like it had That's orange nice. carpet and I'm like girl like imagine losing your virginity in that situation I would have died I would have just been like nope up and but that's the thing is she didn't have that option again like he no. took her so far yeah how was she supposed to get home which right. is like as much as I got mad at Tate for leaving let's be honest here I'm like 10,000 times more mad at Chase Andrews because he oh, yeah. was trash like when we say men are trash we're talking Garbage. about him <laughs> and I don't say men are trash very often because I don't think that that's fair to, to anybody to say that because some people, some men who are good men are going to internalize that. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do that, but he was literal trash. He Garbage. Trash. When we talk about men are trash, we're talking about him specifically. And I think Absolutely. the greatest burn in the book is she talks about how they continue to have sex. And she was like, she was always left unsatisfied. Yeah. 
was like, she didn't yeah, have to broach the subject. Yeah, and it's not even, I don't even think it's that obvious. Let me, give me a minute to look no, it up. She, talk, talking, she does but. talk about it. Hold on. I feel like I said something about that too. Like if he, if, at least if he's going to make you have sex, get your sex, get yours. Okay. Absolutely. Like girl, there was, um, there was one that I really liked while you guys are finding that. And it was when Ma had basically told her that uh, all the unworthy boys make a lot of noise. So they're Ooh. there and they're like loud, you know, they're loud boats and loud trucks. And, like, and it makes me mm-hmm. think of all the times being from Eastern Kentucky where you hear people revving up everything oh they God. own. And you're like tiny penis syndrome right there. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Like you were overcompensating for something. Dear boy. And so this is probably one of the quotes. And in the, uh, I said audiobook earlier, it's ebook, um, which I also listened to the audiobook. But page 64, she says, She brought this on herself, consorting unchaperoned. A natural wanting had led her unmarried to a cheap motel, but still unsatisfied. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. and I think there's another one where she was like, they continued to, you know, have sex and she was never satisfied. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah, because he was just, like, there, and she, he was like, oh, it'll get better. You know, he, like, he thrusts in her, you know, she's bleeding. He's like, it'll get better. And then she's like, a few moments later, you know, it's like the Spongebob thing. It's like, three seconds later, he, like, rolls off, and he's like, well, that was great. <laughs> she's she's like, like, God. <laughs> but, you know, well, so, again, she's not, she's not around other people, so she, and it's the South, so she probably wasn't really... Mm-hmm. getting those kinds of messages you know the same ones that you you wait is this the 60s now by this by the time that, by uh, this point is the 60s for her too but again it's the south it. she's not around you know so she's not mm-hmm. being exposed to this idea of like uh women can have sex and it can be enjoyable and i just was but also she knew because she talks about it like she mentions it with tate the first time they had that weird sexual interaction that i was very uncomfortable with because i was like she's still young and then he's like she's still young and i'm like good boy at a boy after she's already undressed but okay you know what better late than ever where he was like uh how would it's like tate would kill to see her breasts and i was like yeah tate (laughs) i bet you would buddy because it was like normal tate stuff where he's like being gentle with her and this and that and then it's like all of a sudden it's like Tate would kill to see her breasts. <laughs> yeah, like oh, yes. he was, yeah, it's just regular train up like train of thought, and then it just pops up out of nowhere. And you're like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. But, oh gosh. Uh, but one thing I was bothered with is the fact that I wanted when her and Tate kind of got back together, and they're I wanted to like I wanted a sex scene, you know, like I wanted something to kind of be like, okay, well, this is how it's because we to got be. one with Chase, and he was garbage. You, yeah. yeah, we got yeah. Like no one, I want. I wanted her to feel loved and appreciated. Like I wanted Mm -hmm. that, not for my own, you know, sexual gratitude or whatever, but just for the fact that I wanted to have a moment where she knew what it felt like to have the sexual encounter, but feel loved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wanted her to have an orgasm. I just wanted her to be satisfied because she'd been so unsatisfied, like for most of her time. Unsatisfied, yes. Like damn. And the only thing she knew about sex was what she saw in nature. So she probably, you know, this is about that. Yeah, she was like, okay, so they mate, and they do this, and they do that, but, uh, you know, does a pelican have an orgasm? Probably not. She needed that no. for herself. I think dolphins are, dolphins are the only ones that have sex for pleasure. Everybody yeah. else just does it for They also for rape purposes. people. Chase Andrews was a dolphin. <laughs> Chase Andrews was the, the worst, <laughs> trashiest dolphin of all time. 
Fuck that guy. <laughs> well, it, there was a moment, wasn't it, where, like, when her and uh, him were in the boat and they saw the porpoises or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, my immediate thought was, like, yeah, porpoises, dolphins, oh, uh, yeah, they rape people. And then I'm like, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing much? <laughs> Speaking of foreshadowing, can we talk about, can we talk about how on two separate occasions, two separate occasions as a child, she notices uh, things in nature where the female insect will draw in a male and then kill him. And she was yeah. like, oh, that's just how it is. That's just nature. My favorite was the lightning bug because it was, oh. it was, it had a certain signal for its species and then when it was ready to attack a male it used a different signal and i imagine that's how she captured chase i imagine she was like hey we had that whole rape encounter forget about that i want to reconcile i want to you know she switches up her signals she had a signal of don't touch me i fucking hate you and then she was like (laughs) come on over i'll have sex with you and he was like yeah and then he fucking dies and i love it Oh my god! Uh, I feel like because yes. the other occasion is with the praying mantises, right? Yes, mm-hmm. bit his head yeah. off, and like that's literally in its midcoitus. So I think that that's really <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, think that's, I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think that's really interesting that she because I bet money that that's exactly what happened. Is she would call, probably called his name and was very provocative with him, and you know drew him over. And then push his ass off the fire thing, off the fire tower, which I'm like, you know what? Kudos, girl. And I, she did it for a good reason, though. Okay, now, it's not Absolutely. just that, first of all, he's garbage. It's not just that he didn't give her an orgasm. That's not why I'm mad. She it talks about it. Almost rape? Well, beyond that, too. Okay, okay. Not that it, That is a Or the fact sure. that he was like her paw where he would keep coming back for yes, more, basically. That's what got me. He said, you are mine. That was it. And she knew he was going to keep coming back. And she'd heard his boat multiple times when he was looking for her because he wouldn't let it lie. So she knew. She knew that if he got a hold of her again, that he was going to kill her. And I think that at that point, you know, it's like, it's you or me. And the way that this works is she learned Darwinism at a very young age. (laughs) It's survival of the fittest. (laughs) And it's not going to be me, motherfucker. It's going to be you when it comes down to it. And I get that. And I, I, again, I'm not, I mean, like, I am interested in true crime. I do like, I do like listening to those podcasts and reading that stuff. And I know we're, we've got a murder book we're going to read later on in this, in this thing. But the thing is, if it's you or me, it's definitely going to be you. And I'm not going to be sorry about it. No, that's nature, man. That's how she saw it. She's like, that's mm-hmm. nature. They do it in nature. We are mm-hmm. also animals. We can do this in nature. Yeah. That's what her mama taught her. Mama and she was like the so Discovery smart. Channel. She was very mm-hmm. intelligent. At 14, she couldn't read or write. And then she's like, now I've got books published. And she got from her town to Asheville on the bus and then back without anybody really, really noticing, killing that guy. Yeah. And then going back. And they're like, the times don't make sense. And she's like, they do when you know the water's like, I do, motherfucker. But she didn't say that okay. That's the only thing that I think bothered me is the fact that it was, when she comes from Greenville, they're like, yeah, we saw that uh, oh, lanky looking man. Asheville's the other one. And, right. That 
yeah she he's like we saw an uh, like a lanky looking man could have been her in disguise and i'm like that's so stupid and then when they're leaving they're like i saw a lanky old woman could have been her in disguise and i'm like that's so stupid and now i'm like where did she get the disguise like it had to have been her right (laughs) (laughs) oh i would bet money that jumping knew you know jumping knew jumping knew and tate probably knew oh no tate didn't know no, Tay, Tay did, did not know. Tay, Tay did, did not, not know. know. Definitely did know. But I would bet money that 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 Jumpin is the one that helped her get those disguises, and that Mabel helped her do makeup and shit so that mm. she didn't look right. Because he, like, when she goes to when they set the trap for her at Jumpin's, like he's given her that signal of "Don't come here." Look, and like when the law yeah, was looking for yeah. her to get her into foster care, he was like, "Hey, Kaya, people are looking for you." Like Jumpin was ride or die, Kaya, and he oh, was like, and sure. he knew. Because Chase Andrews had been looking for her, and he told her, and he and she talked about she talked about it with Jumpin, and he was like, "We yeah. got to do something." And That's she was the like, only person she told, I can't. Like, "Hey, he tried to do this to me, but I didn't mm-hmm. let him." You know, that was the only person she didn't yep. tell Tate. She didn't tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was kind of hoping that the twist was going to be that Jumpin had done it. <laughs> I was like, "Yes." jumping i hope he went and just pushed well then we would look at a tom robinson situation from to kill a mockingbird right right that was another reason this one was similar to to kill Mm -hmm. a mockingbird i i related the two because of that alone yeah but i enjoyed it which is so dumb you know because it's like to kill a mockingbird is set in the 30s and this is set in the 50s and 60s and like not a whole fucking lot's changed granted it is no 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 by the time that the murder trial happens it's post-civil rights movement and they had the colored town. And then what I loved about the judge, though, was when it was oh, time for the trial. Favorite. And he's like, they can sit. The black people can sit wherever they want. And he's like, if you got a problem with it, I would like for you to leave. And I was like, yes, like, sir. You can, I had, yes, yeah, I have that, like, highlighted in my book because I was like, yes, I'm here for you, my guy. I'm here for you. <laughs> my guy. Absolutely. You know, because, like, the other prosecutor was just looking. Like, even when the cat came. And like jumped in Kaya's lap, and the prosecutor guy was looking. He's like, "Is is this fair? <laughs> like the cat prefers her?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, just calm your kitty down." And I loved how she oh, yeah. noted with the men. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say about the judge. The thing that got me wasn't like, and if somebody didn't like it, they were free to leave. This is on page two ninety three. He goes, "In fact, he'd make sure they did." Yes, yes absolutely, and. Um, with Kaya, what I liked about her trial, especially what what kind of threw me onto the fact that she probably was guilty, was the fact that one, she was never like, "Hey, I'm not guilty." Um, two, she never said it. Yeah, she never was she like, never "I didn't do it." And she's not and a liar. When they brought up the um, necklace in court, she got nauseous, and she didn't know their thoughts, no other comments. Just she, she got nauseous, and I'm like, she knows what happened to him. Like even if she didn't do it, I'm like, she knows mm-hmm. what happened to him and so I, that's why i was kind of hoping like it was somebody else like even like at the end you know when when scupper had died um i immediately thought i'm like it was him who did it and they figured it out he waited until after the child and he's like ha, 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 it was me and i'm like that's not gonna happen but i was thinking of all these things i'm like i just want it to be somebody just looking out for this girl but it's her right. looking out for herself damn you know I mean, you have to. That's do all it. she ever did. Which That's is what I liked here. about this book too is that she didn't need anybody to save her. She saved herself. Self rescuing princess right here, 110%. which I'm here for. You know, 110. Yeah. That started at what age seven? She it's became her right. own self rescuing yeah. princess. The That's something I like about this book. It feels so authentic. Evidence. That's wild. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
I, I, I like that too, the, that she left no evidence and that it was so no good evidence. that it could have been, it, they, they thought it was like an accident. There which, was reasonable doubt. Yes. And okay. I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, well, she killed him. So she, she deserves to be in jail. But here's the thing. Okay. I think that the jury did right by her and that there wasn't, there was reasonable doubt. You couldn't prove everything was circumstantial. Absolutely. Okay. There was no solid evidence linking her to him. It was all hearsay, which works for me because I think that that's how our justice system should work. Now, granted, again, she was a murderer. She did get away, but I also can see, and I don't, again, I know a lot of times I do sympathize with like female murderers because I'm like, you know what? He was a piece of shit. <laughs> he had it coming, <laughs> like Chicago style. He had it coming. He had it coming. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, but for real, this guy did. And I don't feel, again, I don't feel bad about it. If you're gonna, if you, if you, okay, here's the thing. If he violated her or tried to, how many other women did he do that with and they let oh, him get away with absolutely. it? Like, imagine his wife. And again, it wasn't, like, illegal for you to rape your wife until, I think, the 90s, right? Isn't that – I could be very wrong. I don't know for sure. So nobody, like, come at me. But it was really, really recent. And so, you know, she always wears pearls. That probably was a thing. He probably did have sex with her when she didn't want to. And she had to because that's the stereotype, right, of – well, I have to do what my husband wants me to do, mm-hmm. even if I don't Wifely want to duty. do it. Wifely duties, exactly. Oh, so fuck this guy. I don't give a shit about him. Yeah, also, me was also self-defense. Oh, he exactly. was gonna kill her, or at least try, or at least abuse her. Yeah, like he for sure would have. Oh, he done it again. Like he would have kept coming back for more. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally for sure. And the Sexual. Thing about him <laughs> yes. Was, yes. Was just, <laughs> I got your coming joke. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. But the fact that, like, you know, Tate's gone. She needs this, like, sexual awakening. Like, she needs somebody to feel that loneliness, you know. Chase Andrews shows interest. He gets to know her, says all the right things. Obviously, we know that he's a player and that he's not going to do any of this. And I hated that for her because, like, I wanted her to be strong. But at the same time, she's so naive because, you know, she doesn't know anybody else so when he's like yeah i'm just saving up money to buy us a house and to, or to build us a house and you know we're gonna get married and i'll take you home to my parents and then her mom and dad are like trash my boy's mm-hmm. involved with trash literal trash like i hate her and mm-hmm. I, it just it bummed me out but then when the rape it, scene came around mm-hmm. i was like this is your true self like for sure well the motel showed me he showed him true self the entire time on their first date when he was like oh he did know, he did but that right he jumped all over her the first time he was like let's go have a picnic and then let me get you naked and i'm like yes and the man has to hide you he's not where he needs to be as a a man you're not yeah but even in his like inner inner dialogue or whatever in the book he's like he wants to be the first to have sex with her yeah he wants you know mm-hmm. that's what he wants he wants to brag about that and tell everybody and what gets me though is this hotel knows that he's out here sleeping with all these other girls if i were always wear oh, pearls yeah. like i would not put up with that shit but at the same time if you leave he'll kill you <laughs> you can't do it you know mm-hmm. so it's just a terrible well and she she him. had a pretty she had a pretty cushy now granted she, uh, again there's probably domestic rape happening in that house no doubt about it and if he was going to beat kai he's probably beating her too but I think she had prestige in the town and he was well liked despite not being able to keep his shit in his pants. And, uh, and she was married to that. And for some, for some women, at least in that area era in 
that, you know, in the South, it's, it's about prestige and not about character. Like, how much power and influence do I have in this small, small town, you know? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I think in some ways is a stereotype that's linked with the South. But in some ways, I do think that they're like stereotypes are based in truth. There's over exaggeration, over exaggeration, and under they're under contextualized. That's what makes stereotypes bad: is that people aren't thinking about the context or the fact that it's in over exaggeration of the truth. So, I I that she probably wasn't gonna care about him running around and sleeping with whatever moved because she had too many perks in the town for it to mm-hmm. matter. Which just is sad commentary for the era, but go ahead. He, uh, they also kept bringing up that he was a, a damn good quarterback when he was in high school. I'm like, homie, how old is he now? Why are we holding on to that? That's also kind of a small town. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. He is like the person that is like 30 to 40 years old showing up at all the high school parties, oh, like God. being a super creep. The ones uh-huh. that we all knew about and everybody thought it was super cool that they're showing up and you're like, it's really not cool. Uh, like when everybody hangs out in front of like the elementary schools back home and stuff and they're like this is the hangout and I'm like where children play (laughs) do you have you break all these beer bottles here in the parking lot damn are you guys just having like repressive memories about your childhood and you're trying to bring yourself back and this is the glory days yeah they peaked at 16 you know yeah and that was it and it's like and I'm coming at you all those idiots from eastern Kentucky that's me coming at you right there (laughs) <laughs> no but she said what she said that's right but no yes and so i think we all know a situation like somebody like chase andrews who thinks they're hot stuff who like grows up to be balding and working at their dad's store the rest of their life and wearing like ugly man shoes so it's i don't know like he clearly was get that a hobby learn yeah. something to do you know get a career or if not if if college isn't for you and it's not for everybody find something to do in your spare time that is like beneficial to society instead of you know mm-hmm. being a jackass coach and for me coach the baseball one, team i don't know yeah he could have coached the football team if he was quarterback he knows what's up and that got me too is like you know when tate's talking to kaya and you can see that juxtaposition between him and chase because when when Tate's talking to her he's like oh my gosh look at this beautiful shell look at this pelican here's a feather like here's all this stuff that we're both super interested in together Mm -hmm. and then Chase comes up and he's like did I tell you I became the coach of the football team (laughs) you want me to be the coach and I'm like oh and she's like "Mm -hmm, that's great cool awesome (laughs) cool story bro that's exactly what she's thinking yeah cool story bro because I think there was a point to where she said like there are things that she had kind of had to like sacrifice like the fact that he's not into the stuff she's into and she's not into the things he's into to kind of have that that relationship with him and um and another thing that kind of got me with her and we talked about the stereotypes was like when she went to Barkley Cove and they were completely fine with her they didn't treat her like the marsh girl they didn't treat her like anything out of the ordinary because they didn't know you know they didn't grow up with that prejudice and it shows just how flawed that town is versus like she can go get library books and do whatever she needs to in this other town Mm -hmm. and people back home i don't necessarily think it's that the town is flawed i think it's that they don't know her there there's no reputation like this is why women but not women people this is why people leave small towns is because they're like i want to build a new life where some people don't know me Mm -hmm. and i can be myself you know like absolutely 
like I was very bothered that she like a part of me was that she never went back to the town itself like she never really left the marsh much ever again and I was very bothered by that because I'm like you deserve which I know at the same time like she's lived this secluded life but it's like you deserve to go back like you know if you want to if you don't that's I mean I wouldn't go back just because they seem like crappy people but like you deserve to be able to get out there and do things and not have it just be Tate you know like at the funeral for jumping Tate went you know not her like kind of thing it's just breaks my heart that she still felt like she couldn't really show her face like Mm -hmm. even though she was proven innocent well by a jury of her peers and (laughs) she was proven innocent now whether or not she was innocent is a totally different story but yeah I think that I think there's two things going on there, right? I think that she just didn't like society. It didn't do anything for her. It was not beneficial to her in any way. She was like, why would I go? Like, I have mm-hmm. this tight group of people. It's like, you know how, I'm, and I'm not an introvert in any way, shape, or form, but from my experience with introverts, with who I'm friends <laughs> with, they're like, I have this group of friends, and I'm okay with this group of friends. I don't need to be loud and shouty and go all these different places. Like, I have this group. It's a good group, and I don't need anything else from that. Like, we wanted Kaya to go back into town and hold her head up high and be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm a published author, motherfucker. Look at me. Look at how amazing I am. Y'all suck. Look at all y'all working at your daddy shops. Look at me. (laughs) Best-selling author right here. He's like, draw a feather. Bet you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Can you paint this? No, I did. We want that for her because – that's us wanting wanting her to prove that she's better than them. But I I think that she was mm-hmm. happy. She wanted yeah. to stay in the marsh and she did. And I'm I'm good with that. I do think real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I'm getting ready to totally change the subject. So you I, Okay, so I don't want to change the subject completely. Or maybe I do. I forget what I was going to say. Okay, so what I was going to say is I don't know if you guys noticed talking about the stereotypes, but how even the sheriff like when they come to the house and they're searching, right? And then you mm-hmm. have, is Sheriff the one that's Ed and the other one's Joe or is it vice yes. versa? Okay. Yeah, I, so, I, I, yeah. Because the sheriff is like, you know, look at all, like one of them, I forget. Some of the guys. Like, no, Joe thought stuff. it was really cool. He was like, look at how cool yeah. this is. And he's like, we're not here for a science fair. And I'm yes, like, he kept, you can't like, appreciate her collection? Like, come look at this. Yeah. And he kept saying that. She's crazy. Yes. And they're like, oh, it looks really creepy and ominous in here and blah, blah, blah. And look at all these things. Like, who would keep this? And then I'm like, who? Okay. Probably a best selling author. I'm sure. It's <laughs> like, probably who would keep them. <laughs> like, that's, that's, her, that's her subject matter. Why the hell wouldn't she have like copies of it? How is she supposed but to I paint thought, it? Right. Yeah, the other guy being kind of like the way he was, because I feel like. Uh, was it Joe? Yeah, he would like ask more questions. Like he just he felt less. Like I feel like the sheriff just immediately mm-hmm. was like, okay, well, there's motive. Oh we yeah, no, her. no, for sure. He was totally out to get her. As soon as someone pointed the finger at her, he was like, that's my girl. Which is what I. This is the issue I have with some law enforcement, not all. Some law enforcement is that they are they don't operate under you know innocent until proven guilty. They're like, you're guilty, and I'm gonna figure out how to prove it, which right. is not. Like, you missed so many, so much evidence. Granted, he was right, but <laughs> you missed so much evidence that, because when he got to trial, all of his, his whole thing fell apart because he was like, it's her, 
and this is why. Like, if you'd operated under, let's gather all the evidence that we could have, you wouldn't have looked like a fool in front of all your peers. You might have been reelected. Granted, again, like, it wasn't that conclusion that he came to that pissed me off. It's the way that he did, like. Right. It's the way he did it. And that's confirmation bias. Oh, yeah, it is. It is totally confirmation bias. And that, that happens with, oh, God so many people like you again i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and i've heard so many where it's like this person obviously didn't do it but the police are like no they didn't i'm like you're obviously not looking at the same facts that i am and granted they probably have more information than i do but i'm also like i don't know if we're looking at the same stuff i don't understand how you came to the conclusion that you came to i'm not trying to tell you how to do your job i'm asking you to do it better Mm -hmm. sorry like put that on a (laughs) t-shirt Yeah. Like, we ever I do merch huh? we ever do merch yeah yes i'm not asking please buy, please buy our merch <laughs> no, we, we don't have, have any merch <laughs> buy our merch we don't have the merch but if we had the merch please buy it, please buy it. <laughs> um in the future keep this in mind we'll, we'll uh, keep you updated girls. but uh with tom I like i enjoyed you. the lawyer the fact that he even told the the sheriff like he's like did you not think of the fact that this could happen this could the tides did you look at any of this and the sheriff's like no but i'm sure and he's like i don't care what you're sure about he's like you have to to know for 100 and that's what every time he went back to anything he's like do you know 100 percent that you saw her that night and they're like can't say for certain he's like okay then (laughs) she wasn't there you know rest my case motherfucker and i love that and even the sheriff like even the prosecutor realized when the sheriff was on the stand and he's like yeah i guess she could have went by foot and their prosecutor's like that's not our theory at all big boy it's like we did not say that it's like you're messing up (laughs) we said she went and didn't the attorney come out of retirement he did and that's why i think again this uh, comes back to to kill a mockingbird is like yes okay mr finch was appointed as the person to do it but i think that if he had been in retirement and something like this had happened this is the same time period it could have but like for him like him being in retirement and coming out of retirement to do this murder case he'd be a little bit older now but but for him to do that i 110 percent think that he he would he would alex finch love him best dad slash lawyer ever i'm just kidding but i think that Mm -hmm. that's what i liked about tom is that he was like you appointed a public defender who was baby-faced and had no experience whatsoever to do this murder trial for this girl who already had all these biases against her. Like, mm-hmm. as a decent human being, I will take this case because you're obviously just stacking the you're you're you know stacking the deck against her from the get go, and I'm not about to have that happen. Which, oh, yeah, is okay. We we know she was guilty, but the way that this ran in the justice system is how it should have been run. It did. They did an excellent job with it. I mean, not the sheriff, but, you know, everything from (laughs) the trial was Mm -hmm. really well done and how it should be. Because if you're not, it's like 12 angry men. If you're not 100% sure, then you can't convict. I always think about that every time that I look into cases of Mm -hmm. um, murder and stuff. And I I listen to podcasts less and less, it seems, and I read more about Mm -hmm. the cases than listening but when I read the, and I have to think to myself, I'm like, if I were this juror, like, would I have found blah, 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 guilty? Casey Anthony, fuck yes. Um, OJ Simpson, oh absolutely. My God. 
Jody Arias, guilty of sin. Um, but all those people, for sure. But there are certain cases, you know, where literally I'm like, did you, you know, th- th- you have to think about that. Like, this is something. And 12 yeah. Angry Men always comes to my mind because I'm like, let's look at this evidence. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was glad that mm-hmm. in the trial they kept coming out and they're like, okay, let's look at the bus schedules. Let's look at the coroner's report. Let's look at, because IRL, we need to be evidence. looking at this stuff. And not just, because even things IRL. like, uh, yeah, because, you know, we, Netflix is all about giving us like a lot of like, um, we I love true crime shows. Love them. Can't say that all of them are not biased mm-hmm. because they're heavily biased one way or another. More than likely. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's why you have yeah, to sure. do your extra like due diligence kind of just like look it up Mm -hmm. check it out check out the facts for yourself kind of thing so i'm glad they did that and i love that sarah culpepper is it sarah culpepper no the other culpepper sarah singleton singletary whatever the culpepper was like the the truancy officer yes and she was like she gets away again i like that she she was like but i liked her because she was like i liked her i knew her i i was supposed to bring her to school am I still okay to, like should I still stay on this jury and she wasn't sure and the judge explained it to her and she was like okay yes I can. like she asked those questions as opposed to the church lady the one who snatched her kid away from Kaya was oh. like like you knew she was already biased against her completely yeah. totally yeah, I was very nervous about that hardened heart against her and I think that yeah I was nervous too because I was like oh my god this could go a totally separate way, but uh, yeah, I do love Tom though. Tom, I'm was, sorry, Tom. I I can't tell you how many times I like hooped and hollered during his closing. Like, oh my gosh, it was, it was so good. I was like, damn, this is like almost as good. Have you guys seen? I think it's the time to kill. Is that the one? With Matthew not, McConaughey? That is what I'm about to watch this weekend because okay, one, I've been looking at. Uh, interviews of matthew mcconaughey for like no reason i'm on a matthew mcconaughey kick this weekend but anyway but that one came up and i have yet to watch it okay you should watch it the closing argument chef's kiss so good call me when you've finished it because we need to talk okay you got mm-hmm. it it's good have you seen it heather do you know what i'm talking no. about no i've not okay. seen it there's your homework okay <laughs> homework do it thanks yeah i just oh man i just i can't i it's so good. I just like his last line of the whole thing is just the cherry on top is it's time at last for us to be fair to the Marsh girl because he mm. doesn't call her the Marsh girl the entire time. And then he does. He talks about how they labeled her and then he brings to mind like this is what you guys called her. It's time for you to step up and be a decent citizen for her sake. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Tom was my guy. I loved him immensely. It was wonderful. Um, I actually had a hard time casting him, and I don't quite know if I picked anyone because the person I see in my head is not right. Uh, I'm like, hard. is Gregory Peck an option? Can we have him from To Kill a Mockingbird? In case you guys want to know, that's okay, who that is. Okay. Can we have him? I know he's probably super dead, but still, super like, dead. <laughs> I know I had to look up some people. I'm like, are they dead? <laughs> I know. What's here? You guys have to remember, this is our podcast. It's like the... I know. We've said it several times. Who's lying anyway? We make the rules. The rules don't matter. <laughs> that's true. That's I'll big cast. That's it. Okay, We're next time. back Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. James Dean. All mm-hmm. right. We're going to get it off. Michael Jackson's going to be in there. Uh, it's jumping. No, we, can't, we can't have Michael Jackson. We can't have him. Okay. Just kidding. Just He's kidding. canceled. I'm just kidding. He's not canceled. He's canceled. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I don't like cancel culture, but that's besides the point. 
okay. I like it until it's someone I dislike, and then I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> okay, I can get behind this. <laughs> okay, so to to okay, can I switch gears real quick? It's yes. not going to take very long. I just wanted My to soldier. talk about literacy in this mm-hmm. book and mm-hmm. how it's strange not to realize how off in the world you you can't be immersed. I think in this society, the way that we are, without being able to read. Like she she wasn't able to read. She wasn't able to write. The lady at the desk would help her count out change oh, and, and give her extra change. Give her extra oh, oh. heart. I but love that scene. I I I think that's super important to if for if Tate had just left her and didn't come back for her at all. I still think I would have loved him if for no other reason than that he gave her a world to read. Like she talked about the mm-hmm. like words being full. I never knew how how much existed in books. And she's, I think in page 104, I have learning to read was the most fun she ever had. And then the line I have right below that is girl same though, because like, obviously we read on this podcast, if you haven't been paying attention and I can't imagine not being able to, like, obviously there was a time when I couldn't many, many moons ago. I still think about that now. Like if I ever went blind, I would be like, okay, I got audiobooks going for me. That's mm-hmm. good. Got braille. If that's what if it's like, braille? Like, yeah. What the I hell is that? braille? You know, mm-hmm. so I just think that's, I can't imagine being cut off from the world the way that she was, because mm-hmm. she was, Be- beyond the fact that she was just isolated, but she wasn't, she also wasn't able to read any of the poetry books that her mom had right. until Tate came along. She was yes. able to educate herself, like she didn't need to go to college for her to write these and, and illustrate these beautiful books about the marsh. You know, she, she was able to do that for herself when she was given the tools to, I just thought literacy just means a lot to me. So I think it was wonderful in this because one thing that I almost found a little unrealistic was like kind of how fast she caught on to reading at first, you know, like, but then I started realizing this is a girl, she's out there with nothing else to do. You know, Mm -hmm. we have technology, we have everything distracting us from everything constantly. Mm -hmm. She had no distractions. Like Mm -hmm. her life is just about surviving and her spare time she could read all she wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was very important, like you mentioned, because like she couldn't read, she couldn't even read to tell what her brothers and sisters' names were, their birthdays, mm-hmm. like none of that. She couldn't, she couldn't read the fairy tales. Like how sad is that? And not being able to read the fairy tales until you're like fourteen mm-hmm. or fifteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And I think with Tate, he gave her that. He even gave her like the pamphlets about what happens when your period starts. You know, oh yeah he's like, i was waiting thing. for that too by the way like i was like when is uh-huh. this gonna happen and i need it to not be as weird and as gross as oh my god i remember the the book that i had to read for my other book club it was about oh god it's a canadian novel and they wrote they translated it into english and it was the girl with the the girl who played with matches don't read that oh. book don't don't read it you got it because do not and that's your do not recommend of the day <laughs> i do not recommend that book at all it's it's not if i could unread it and not have it take up space in my brain i would i would eject that shit right away good i'm glad you told me it just well we're not reading that book and for those of you that love it that's great i'm glad that you do i'm glad you have something to love but like there are certain <laughs> phrases there are certain phrases of that book i will never get out of my head and i can't so moving on let's talk about something else 
yeah, so I was super happy about that and and that they had that she had mm-hmm. broached that subject because I was a little worried that she was just gonna like let it fly by the wayside. But I should have known better because this woman is all right. about nature and what's more natural. Yes, than that. like I appreciated that she talked about everything about her body, like from her hair to her her breasts, you know, her period starting, her sexual awakening type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. When she realized that her cramps were different than a normal like she's like yeah i might have to run to the woods with diarrhea and i'm like girl me too <laughs> like every time when the every time of the month like <laughs> then, run to that bathroom then period but, poops yeah there's such a thing isn't it and um another thing with that is we talk about the isolation her learning to read and i'm so glad she did because you know how she talks about the memories with her mom and her sisters and how her mom tells her like you need a group of girlfriends and I think the older I get, the more I realize that not only is that important, and sometimes I find myself like, okay, I need to, I need to, I guess, integrate myself more into like a group of girlfriends because I feel like the older I get, the more I drift away from everything a little bit, which I don't mean it's to. It's easy to do that, especially yeah. in this environment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so. COVID does not help, for it sure. Does it does not. Right. And I think, too, because, you know, there's a lot of people I enjoy, like everybody's doing their own thing everywhere. You know, everybody's spread everywhere. Um, but at the same time, for her, like, she didn't have a choice. She didn't have any of the girlfriends. She saw tall, skinny blonde and always wear pearls and uh, some thigh body with freckles. What was <laughs> that? Her name was Chubby Cheeks. Yeah. I yeah. love that, right? And, and she saw them like always hugging and doing this and that and I'm like girl I feel so bad for her like I don't know because not only and I don't know if maybe one of the siblings was like okay well somebody's going to take care of Kaya right like in my head I'm hoping that that was a thought but, it's like, a diffusion responsibility Kaya. for sure bystander effect huh it's like yeah. a low-key bystander effect. Yeah, well, it, the diffusion of responsibility, it falls in the same category. But yeah, for sure. They all thought that somebody yeah. else was going to take responsibility for her. And I think Jody, at the end of the day, was like, I just... <sighs> he was suffering under immense weight. He couldn't. He had no right. other options but to save himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and her first day at school, like, she... The girl who can't spell dog. Kids. She got really fucking close, though, okay? She got yeah, really she close. did. She just mixed yeah. up two letters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like she's okay. Adam's like, is she dyslexic? And I'm like, I don't know, baby. No, I'm just she can't no, read. No, she just can't so, read. No, that's okay. Illiterate. Um, which is some bullshit, just... though. I don't know why, as a teacher, you would ask her that in front of the class. Like, I don't right. think. Well, yeah, what now you wouldn't. Been? You wouldn't do that now. You'd probably have that test in the principal's office before you figured out where she was going to be placed. Granted, right? Didn't have space, but still, I'm like. Yeah, the fact that they were like, yeah, we'll just put her here because she's not going to last long. But they knew. They were like, she's not going to be here long. But that's like self-fulfilling prophecy. And it was. It was. It was. Well, it's like, if not that particular thing because she didn't believe that. It just falls into that whole, again, if you have these expectations, these are the expectations that are going to be met. So if you treated her like she was a smart and capable individual, mm-hmm. she might have stayed in school longer. She might have done better. I mean, granted, she did pretty fucking good without schooling. But <laughs> she still. didn't need it. However. Right. You know, the no child left behind. Like, she was left far behind. Like, that was, you know, far, far behind. And I hate that, the fact that that happened to her. But I do think she ended up gaining more from Tate in his lessons than she would have learned being she was also significantly older when she was learning to read like we all learned to read when we were like in single digits yeah yeah 
I think the fact that she couldn't even have children to have, like, her mom had that gaggle of children, right? Like, mm-hmm. she had that little gang mm-hmm. of them just hanging out. And the fact that Kaya, in her old age, couldn't even have kids, and her and Tate were just attached at the hip. Like, weren't even away well, from each were... other more for just a few hours. Yeah, and I just wanted her to kind of have, I don't know, like, I wanted her to have those friendships and not just it be her and Tate. But I guess it's fitting that it was also just kind of her and Tate. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... uh, I don't know. She didn't have good... So, people that don't have good uh, mother figures in this era, they still have examples. You know, they have... You you can Mm -hmm. take to however many mommy blogs exist on the the internet or YouTube videos about raising kids or books about raising kids. And all she would have is... And while the, the nature is a good educator, for sure, her kids wouldn't have ever been treated the same. Okay, her kids would have never been treated the same as like normal quote unquote mm-hmm. children would have. I think Kaya knew enough mm. to know whether or not to have children. Like, yeah, yeah she probably could have. So that I, out. I really I, I would thought that it was intentional. Bet that that was an intentional choice. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Because she, she, she was already isolated. She did. She had a lot of trauma and she was already isolated. So isolated from the town. And she knew that if she'd had children, they would have had to go. Now, um, I'm not meaning to interrupt you, just like on another note, Mm -hmm. because I know we're getting kind of far into the podcast, but uh, were you surprised by the fact that she was this um, author? She was a poet? Like, I did. I I was super surprised. I really thought that Because she talks about her favorite poet. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was somebody, and I'm like, man, I didn't Google it. So I was like, I don't know who this is. And I'm like, but I'm sure they're probably like a North Carolina and like, I don't know, local author. And then at the end, when it turned out to be her, I was like, whoa, that's her favorite author. Yeah, that was a, well, I mean, (laughs) that was, yeah. I think if you weren't surprised by her being the murderer, which there was quite a bit of foreshadowing sprinkled in there, I kind of realized, but I wasn't super, super sure when that, during the praying mantis scene, that's the scene that really got it for me. But or that's the scene that let me know, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. But with... That tracks. Sorry. <laughs> that's my phrase today. Last time Every was... time you say it, I keep thinking of moose tracks and I want ice cream. <laughs> oh, <laughs> moose Every tracks. Every time. Mm, I, my dessert, we'll talk about uh, when we film our book by after this episode. I'm very excited about it. Okay. So I didn't realize, like, if you... I, I kind of I had an idea about her being the murderer, but I did not realize whatsoever that Amanda Hamilton was was her. And I like her poem about how Chase dies. Oh, magic. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. good. So good. When Tate read like, that, Damn. I was like, he's going to find that necklace, right? Which I had an idea because obviously mm-hmm. there was only a few things I was wondering about. One, what happened to Pa? I just kind of wanted to know. You know, like, I wanted to know, did he get drunk and just fall down? Like, were her assumptions right? Was he living out his life somewhere? Like, you know, whatever happened to Paul? Which, whatever happened to him, good riddance. But, you know, but then I was like, okay, the necklace. Like, whoever has the necklace did it. Let's find out who has it. And then, you know, I was like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be his mom? Because I had all these theories. I'm like, did his mom go up there? Was she upset that he was seeing this trash from the marsh? Was it jumping tape? scupper i'm like what about you know pearl herself i for sure thought it was tape for a minute there with the wool fibers i was like tape my boy you do wear that red hat (laughs) like hmm 
Yeah, you were red hat for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just think I was like, okay, and I love if- Scuffer, by the way. Oh no, the fact that he was into like opera and poetry, and he was very emotionally open with. Oh the yeah, song. he was a renaissance man. Well, to I'm an extent, fi- you know. he was a renaissance man. Yes, he Heather. Was. Yes, he I'm gonna find perfect, there though. was a. There was a line that Tate talks about. Is it when he's is at the end of the book or no? There's one where Scupper is talking about how like he even judged this girl. Like he didn't even let Tate know that he bought her own books, you know? He didn't and he's like, I've been unfair. Everybody's been unfair to her. He's like, Mm -hmm. Tate loves this girl. This is the only thing. He stops what he's doing. Yeah, he stops what he's doing in the middle of the work day and he goes and his like he starts to cry. Tate does when he like Oh, my whole heart yeah and and then i super teared up when like tate like this is kaya dad like she meets his parent yes like that's all she wanted she just wanted to be included okay but so here's what this is this is what made me love scupper like right off the bat is his this is tate talking about scupper his dad had told him many times that the definition of a real man is one who cries without shame reads poetry with his heart, feels opera in his soul, and does what's necessary to defend a woman. Mm-hmm. Which, again, women can defend I, themselves sometimes, but I super love that. Like, that's that's how you should be teaching your kids. Yeah. Right there. See, like, that's, that's why perfect. I thought that was also foreshadowing, because I'm like, so do what it takes to defend a woman, eh? That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, that's why he killed her. Killed See, him. I'm super suspicious. This is why I cannot be on on a jury of my peers i cannot because i will immediately be like hmm i'm like who could it have been was it you was it you like i could seriously just go through it all and i'm like at the end of the day i mean it's all just speculation but but i do think like you said you you but you would i'd like to think because i know you that you would still be like 12 angry man and that shit like okay what are the facts here though what are the facts what do we know so like everyone's and also a suspect and then you look at the facts yes. yeah also some foreshadowing is on page 71 where it goes sand keeps secrets better than mud oh yeah, yeah. oh that's a really good one that i didn't notice wow mm-hmm. better than mud i was like uh-huh interesting i only have a couple of flags in the book i'm going through and trying to figure but out you know i, I guess I should have, like, that's one thing I thought about with Chase's death, the fact that there was no evidence, but when she's, like, running from the truancy officer, and she's trying to make no footsteps, so she's jumping from, like, stone to stone, and this and that, and she's, like, doing all this stuff, and I immediately, I was like, she would be able to do this, you know, like, she would be able to do it, but I'm like, but could she have left If anybody knows the marsh, it's her. For sure. For sure. And I mean, you know what? Chase Andrews, at the end of the day, just a piece of shit. Good riddance. Good he riddance. is uh, just a little Tootsie Roll that was shoved up a butthole. That's him. That's oh. Bitchy. Tootsie Rolls are nice, though. Let's go something else. That's the reverse Tootsie uh. Roll. <laughs> okay, so two things about Tate, and then we should do final, unless you guys have anything else, we should do final thoughts and casting. So, the reason I think why I loved Tate, beyond the fact that, you know, he's just amazing, but there's two quotes I have here that from page 131 it says if he did things wrong it might affect her somehow then he'd be worse than the boys who only talked about snagging her and then he did fuck up a little bit later but you know what at least he had the right intention like he, he had understood. good intentions you know? yeah yeah no, he still fucked up but it's okay uh it, it becomes okay it's not okay what he did but it becomes okay 
Anyway. And when he mm-hmm. says on page 135, Kaya, I want you more than anything. I want you forever, but you're too young. You're only 15. And that's when I was like, yes, okay. At least you recognize that she's too young to be having sex or to be doing these things. Okay. He didn't push her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love gonna, that. And I could tell the difference between standing. him and then like obviously Chase, who was just getting close to her to end up having sex like doing the right thing you know for sure yes for absolutely like the fact that he drove this little like worn out boat and then here's chase and like his big like fancy boat yeah i talk about it and you know and it's just all had to be loud had to be for you know the tommy dick syndrome and uh Mm -hmm. the napoleon complex that like every dude has when they rev up their stuff oh my gosh i'm telling you and I was so pissed when she found out about his uh, engagement in the paper. Oh, Oh. and he was like, well, of course I wasn't actually going to marry you. I'm like, okay, the gaslighting is real. Get off my land, motherfucker. Damn. The gaslighting, yes. He, oh gosh, it was horrible. Um, When she went to go get the ingredients to make his cake, because she's like, I'm going to fix this big dinner. I'm going to give him a cake. I'm going to show him that I can be like a good wife, you know? And then she sees him with his hand over there on uh-huh. the um, always on the pearls. and yep. the fact is that he came up to her did no one else wonder like why he was hanging out with her he just comes up to her he's like i'll catch up again and he comes up to her he's like hey i'll see you later and then you know goes on well I'm they like, kind of knew like they kind of kind of knew there were rumors there were rumors around the town well, that and he was and he was bragging about having bagged her right that's absolutely. tate came and told her because about tate, that yeah mm-hmm. well tate went because she, he's like yeah i'm not gonna go to this dance or whatever and then tate's like he went to that dance and he danced with many of the hoes <laughs> <Danced with them. laughs> no he did he danced with you know all the women and he did all the things he said that he wasn't interested in mm-hmm. goodness chase andrews is just such a typical chad like for real that guy that um oh goodness I don't even want to say anymore because I'll end up offending someone. But he's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. I told you. When we say men are trash, we're talking about Chase Andrews. Chase Andrews. That's it. Okay. So final thoughts before we go on to casting. Uh, I just want to say this is an incredible book. I love the storyline. I love how authentic it is. I love how it's written. The imagery. the, the, uh, The twist at the end. 10 out of 10. Would recommend to you, your mom, and all your friends. I love that. <laughs> Sarah, this was your recommendation. Final thoughts? Uh, I'm glad that I read it. Uh, finally, it was on my bookshelf for a while, and I'm very thrilled with that. I think the writing was very beautiful, like just so many descriptions. Um, I think it was no surprise once I found out that she was a, an originally like a nature writer, a zoologist. Like it was no surprise to me and no surprise that, you know, her characters ended up being interested in that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like you write what you know, you know, mm-hmm. um, but overall very lovely 10 out of 10 highly recommend. It was a good time. I, I think so. The way that she wrote about nature though, it wasn't super highbrow, you know, like we were able to, I mean, I'm not super, super sciencey. Obviously, I'm into the soft sciences, but, and I like nature just as much as the next person. I did, talk, I did talk about my garden earlier, but I think that she did it like good for laymen. Like, I could appreciate her descriptions and the setting. She really pulls you into it, into mm-hmm. the marsh and into the lifestyle. And it was just really easy to immerse 
myself into the book it was really really well done I again I can't say enough good things about it I did have some dislikes but I think that really just came to Mm -hmm. I had beef with the age age gap that was my biggest beef and even then like Tate still took care of her I think the way that he should have in that situation you know he sort of like he did the, the romantic thing and then he was still like there was boundaries and I appreciated him for that but I yeah so that was my biggest beef I I love this book. It was super good. I'm super glad I read it because, again, I probably wouldn't have picked it mm-hmm. up by myself. So um, I would wholeheartedly recommend this book for sure. So, all righty. Um, casting. Are we going to go to the drive? Because I put my people. Did you guys put your people or not? My okay, people are so not on the drive. I didn't know okay. how to do it. And my husband um, did not get a chance to tell me how to do it because I'm uh, crazy right now. I'm on a Mac and I'm not sure how to use this thing. <laughs> With so your computer. You've been using your husband's for a while. And you're like, where's the um, calendar on this thing? My computer is literally just right in front of us. Like, I don't know why I don't use it. I love that thing. Like, it's a touch screen too. So I'm over here like Minus trying two. to touch Adam's like, Mac and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, can't do that. Yeah, can't do that. I do that with so. my work computer because <laughs> I'm so used to scrolling with my finger. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Well, uh, so let's start with Ma. Who wants? Okay. We all talked about this in our group chat for you readers that don't know. We had such a hard time casting this book. Like it was so hard because the people in our head, I, I think I, I, this is what I said. So anyway. The people yeah. in my head are so specific and the people that exist in the acting world mm-hmm. right, right now are either undiscovered and they don't match or they're just not popular enough to, for them to show up on my Google search when I'm looking for actors in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I can go first. That's fine. Or whatever we want to do, but we're starting with Ma. So Delia, you go. Okay, so I said Rachel McAdams just because I think of her oh, in the notebook. I and yeah, she was perfect. <laughs> God, I loved her in the notebook. That was wonderful. Yeah, I I adore her. She's great. Um, I chose Lauren Cohan, and yes. she plays okay, I can see that. Maggie from The Walking Dead. Um, mm-hmm. and I love her like Southern drawl. And her, like, uh, some of her photos, you know, she has the dark hair and, like, the olive-like skin. Oh. Um, um, and I'm like, you know, I can She's I can in see Supernatural her. as uh, Bella, I think. Oh, is she? Oh. And I think she's in The Vampire Diaries as, uh, yeah, she's Rose in The Vampire Diaries. She also plays in The Boy as the babysitter. Oh, my gosh, she does. Yeah. Absolutely. She's I like fantastic. how that's the one Heather knows her from, The Boy. <laughs> I like that film. It's a good one. It's got a good twist in it. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Heather. Uh, so I was really having difficulty casting people, so I said, uh, "Screw it, we're gonna do an all animated cast." Nice, <laughs> I love this so much. This is great. And um, so she doesn't necessarily match the physical description, but for Ma, I chose Elsa from Frozen. Nice. She's you know has Jesus her own Christ. trauma that she carries and she also kind of walked out and had to find herself yeah and struggles she struggles with what i would consider mental health issues and mm-hmm. so she's ma and she got a you know i don't know i think that was a good fit that fits i i like that okay mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. pa <laughs> sarah mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be like anime, like more like, I don't know, 
Oh my that. gosh. Okay. So I was going to do a full anime cast. And then I was like, I don't know that readers can relate to that. That's a very specific type. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it's okay. your cast. Didn't you say that earlier? The rules don't I matter. Did. I did. So, okay. Then Maybe I'll give so. some of my anime people that will be that. Because Kaya, I had two different choices for Kaya. So we'll go over that. Okay. Continue. Okay. So for Pa, I said Wes Bentley, who, if you guys don't know who that is, he is in The Hunger Games, and he plays, I'm pretty sure he plays the devil's son in Ghost Rider. Okay. Do okay. you know who he is on Hunger Games? He's I mean, the one with a really cool-ass beard. He's like the oh, game Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thought was he could play, like, he seems like he could play a slick guy that, like, gets Ma to fall in love with him, and mm-hmm. then turns out to be a total asshole later. Like, you know, he plays the devil's son. I I stand by that. He did a yeah. good job. No, I'm into that. I mean, that movie's okay. kind of garbage, but I, I love like it that. anyway, so. Sarah. Seneca Crane. Yeah, sorry. I was looking. Um, I chose Aaron Eckert, or Eckhart. I don't know how you would want to. Do you guys know who this dude is? That I... name is super familiar, but let me look. It is. Um, oh, yeah. We all know him. He yeah, he's in Two-Face the in The Dark Knight. Yes. yes. That's oh. where I know him from the most. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's him. I chose him just because, like, he looks like somebody who could just be drunk and beat his wife. <laughs> oh, no offense to that man, but here's what your face will you think? I think that you could. So basically, you're saying you think he could act out that role very oh, well. Oh, yeah, he could act that out. I'm sure. I'm sure he loves his wife very much. IRL. Don't get yourself canceled before you were anything. I, I'm done canceled, okay? Over the mm. Italians. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> wait. Think... media coaching. <laughs> wait, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the readers will know about that one. Sorry, I can't. We we did so many for our book bite. I can't. You did. Yes, you did talk about uh-huh, that in the oh, in the no. last episode. Indeed, because <laughs> we're filling these out of order. Mm. Okay, it doesn't look like he's married though. So at least good. Wikipedia doesn't say that he is. But anyway, because then he would just beat her. So Sarah. <laughs> Heather, who's your pa? <laughs> All right, so uh, I chose Rick from Rick and Morty because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he had a woman and he loved her and he had a child and you know then at some point someone fell apart and now he's a drunk. I, it is what it is. <laughs> That's not, I'll allow it. That's pretty. Not that it fucking matters, but damn. <laughs> I freaking Fuck. love it. <laughs> Oh, All right, Jody's next. Oh, oh god. Okay, so I had an old and a young Jody. Okay, yes. my old Jody is Stephen McQueen from the Vampire Diaries. He plays Jeremy, and that's all I know him from, and I like him a lot. So, and then my young is this. Okay, you need to go to the drive and look at my pictures because they're so good. I'm so proud of myself. But okay, uh. Jack Dylan Grazer is the young Jody, and I think they resemble themselves. Like they resemble each other pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Like okay, they're on I'm the first row. Go. How do I get to this place, <laughs> guys? I swear to God, hold on. I'm signed in. It's under probably Delia Cast. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's under sure. yeah, it's under Delia Cast. Oh, but See, I almost I'm okay. I'm not going to click it right now. I'll look at it later oh because God, I don't want to ruin your, your cast. Oh, then... true. Fuck, I forgot. 
don't Delia has don't look yet. Most together. Delia 100% has it be most together. I, I don't. But That's why this weekend, tomorrow or tonight, I'm going to do the meet the caster post and it's going to be Delia first. She deserves it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> also, I have to get my stuff together for that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're going to be last, Sarah. <laughs> not that you don't deserve it. I told Jacqueline's like, are you going to go in alphabetical order? I said, I'm, not going, I'm going in order of who has their shit together the most. And Delia. And then I'm kind of in there. And then Sarah's like, hi. <laughs> Out in <Lester. laughs> Yeah. She's she's our hippie queen. We love too. her. Thank you. Thank you. I just gotta work on this brain, okay? Who's your who's your Jody, Sarah? Let's keep rolling. My Jody is um, Good job, Heather, for being I chose the rest Kevin, of your cast is there. Kevin Zegers. Now, if you guys don't know who this guy is, that's okay. I don't. Um, but he played in I'm trying to find some things that you might know him from. He was in like <laughs> Uh, Dawn of the Dead, Trans America. I don't know if you guys have like watched that. Oh, um, he's in some other stuff. That's he's like... in stuff. I know he's him. low key Zac Efron. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was an Airbud. He's the kid in Airbud. Oh yes, no, he is not. Exactly. Yeah, he's Canadian. He's and? in the Jane Austen. <laughs> that's just a fact. So that's him, and I chose. Oh, him he's in Frozen. Because... Hold up. Oh no! No, oh, that frozen, different frozen. Not frozen. This is the frozen. Is this the one we watched at Kayla? Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that the one where they're? they're we gotta set. stop saying people's names on oh, here. Yikes! Yeah, sorry. Is that the one we saw at Kayla's house? And uh, yes, they are yes, stuck up on the thing, and then the yes, girl's hand froze. Garbage movie. Yes. Oh, ten out of ten. Garbage movie. Oh, garbage yes, movies are my favorite. Oh my I god. know you pick them. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All the time, every time, guys. But yeah, I saw there was a, like a picture of him where he's like in like a a suit or something, and I just Im- imagined Jody being there in his like uniform. So yeah, yeah, he cool. looks. That was a good pick. Thank you, thank you. All right, did you pick a young and an older? Or did you just pick. A- um, no, I just picked him because okay. I picked like a young. Well, I picked a young one, but I was going to use him either for a young Jody or a young Tate, and his name is Julian Corser, and I'm trying to think of what he's in. Krauser, sorry, Krauser, sorry, Julian Krauser, but look him up, and that's who I chose for a possibly young Tate, possibly young Jody. I did not pick both, so you just use your imagination. Maybe he can double. We aged down, Kevin. That's how it worked. That's right. The rules don't no. matter. Rules young don't matter. There are rules, Kevin. That's it. Alrighty, Heather, who's your Jody? Um, so my young and old Jody are the same Disney character that you do see both as young and older, and that is Tarzan. And it is, well, it's mostly because, you know, as a young guy, he's like navigating. I could see him very well teaching Kaya, like how to get through the, through the the jungle, through the marsh, whatever you want to put there. And then as he grows older, there's the the very big, uh, the archetype of becoming a man. You know, this is his story. Mm -hmm. And I think Jody leaves a child and comes back a man. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm here for it. That's yeah. I I think I had one more point, but I think I was very creative. No, that's Uh, very good. (laughs) Sorry to make a chuck. Oh no, you're perfect. I uh, no, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Essentially, uh, oh, and Tarzan kind of goes back to his roots whenever he meets people. So Jody mm-hmm. came back to his roots. It's more of an archetypal thing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, damn, I'm here for it. That was good. Mm-hmm. That's very mm-hmm. I was just like, they look right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, me and Billy are over here, like they look right. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's like, let me think about this emotionally, sensitively. Yes. Get on another plane of thought. Okay. So for Kaya. Oh my God. I did a young, a teen, and an old. And I did Same. a teen 
because I don't like it when older women are cast as teens because it gives unrealistic unrealistic expectation for women. I think that's why I liked Enola Holmes so much is because she's a 16-year-old playing a 16-year-old and he's yeah. a 17-year-old playing a 17-year-old. So I was totally here for it. Okay, mm-hmm. but moving mm-hmm. on. You're not here to talk about my love of Sherlock. Okay, <laughs> for young Kaya, I had Emily Kalavos. I don't know how. I probably butchered her last name. My apologies. She's in the Lazarus Effect. She's not in a whole lot of stuff, but she looked right for my teen Kaya and my adult Kaya. They all resemble each other, which is what I was going for. And then teen Kaya is McKenna Grace. She's in Gifted. Yeah, and- yep. Oh, I can't read my writing. Good job, Taylor. That's something else. Annabelle comes home. And then my adult, Kaya, is India Isley. She's in Underworld, Eve, and she plays in I Am the Night. She's Fauna Hodel, which I was super involved with the Black Dahlia for a minute there. I was super obsessed. And uh, uh, The Root of Evil, that podcast where they talk about Fauna Hodel and the Hodel family mm-hmm. it's super convoluted and fucked up but anyway yeah. so I was like oh damn I love her well I didn't see her in it but oh. as a, yeah I know her from Secret Life of the American Teenager yeah she's in a couple things mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay Sarah who's your Kai I chose one um because I was having such a hard time like literally if I had spent any more time on it, it would have spent like, I would have spent like half the day. But her, mm-hmm. it's Mackenzie Foy, and it's who played Renesmee. And oh, I looked at her. Yeah, yeah. I loved her when I saw her, like, beautiful long hair and just like her. She looked very thin. I don't want to say that. And it's, I'm not being mean by that, but you know how Kaya has that, like, slender, like, her eyes, her face, her slenderness, and her hair. Like, I just felt mm-hmm. like she could pull that together. Absolutely. Yeah. She had like that wild, like I could see her playing like a wild, mm-hmm. you know. There was a picture I saw in India and I was like, oh fuck, she's my girl. So all the people I picked after that really had to resemble her. Like she's who I picked mm-hmm. first for that reason. I saw her and I was like, she looks wild. She's great. She looks like a marsh girl. Go ahead. Heather, who'd you pick for Kaya? Um, so I had two picks. My first pick is Katara from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that was okay. a good pick. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm here for it. Yeah, so, you know. that female with the absent mother which her mother died uh her and her mother's name was kaya and so then in cora she has a daughter named kaya so that that was just a random Fantastic. Uh, coincidence Aww. yeah a little coincidence but uh she's a female who gets it done she is a waterbender so she's one with nature mm-hmm. it really worked uh the other option i had is for attack on titan fans it's mikasa oh my god i love mikasa she's like is she not mm, ooh, mm. Ah. and she's like so deep and brooding and she is she scared to kill someone no she will kill a bitch she's not afraid and she also pined after aaron for you know i'm not i've not watched season four and i won't give any spoilers but she's you know pining after aaron all this time and it's kind of like kaya and tate and i don't know i could see it they're both uh good choices mm-hmm. so my other sarah without an h will super appreciate that <laughs> Yes, and I hope that if she reads the book and listens, she'll be like, ooh, yes, perfect. Well, she commented on our Instagram and was like, I have a reading list now. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, <laughs> thanks. Yes, i read it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, those are good. I mean, I don't know about the Attack on Titan one, but like, ooh, Katara, solid choice. Thank you. Listen, the so older t- I get, the more I love anime, so I think it was just wonderful. I- I usually don't pick out pick up anime except like if Matt's watching something and then I sit down and I start watching it with him and that's how I 
get my anime in is I'm like, man, this anime is so good. Who picked it? My husband put it on the TV and I just sat and watched it while eating dinner. (laughs) He picks them and he picks good ones. Like he picked out Violet Evergarden, which doesn't seem like something that he would have picked, but he, oh my God, I cried. We can't talk about that. Okay. If you haven't watched Violet Evergarden, you need to. If you want to be on an emotional roller coaster, you're going to cry. It's great. That's me every day. Like sobbing, body wrenching sobs. Moving on. Okay. So Tate. Okay. The guy I picked for Tate. He's not in a whole whole lot, but I yeah, I told you guys, but for your read for for the readers, uh, I stopped him on Instagram. And after I did that, I was like, this is my guy. He's fantastic. He was in the half of it, but I don't remember him in that movie at all. I just liked the way he looked and I liked the way that he is with his wife on Instagram. So um, his name is Billy Thomas Myot or Miot or mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Billy, uh, who probably does not listen to this podcast, but still, my apologies. That's my guy. I didn't pick anybody Aww. else for Tate. He's got a really sweet face, too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The picture I have of him is the one with the eye with the eyeglasses because I was like, this is Tate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. see it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I He's had there. two thoughts. Um, one is Tanner Buchanan, who plays in Cobra Kai. Um, you need to look at his face. I just think that he is such a cutie. Um, but the way he has his hair, oh, his he's eyes. in some other stuff, isn't he? Oh, he's like oh, a good. Yeah, guy. I see that. Like he just looks like somebody who would just be very like. I feel like he has some he's good from acting Lima. chops. He would be. He would be a very good choice. Also, the second one, if I want to be a little more feisty, um, would be Alex Pettifer, um, because you know. <laughs> okay. Oh damn, that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. I like low key was looking at him for Chase, but I decided not to. <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, I could pick him for Tate. And then I was like, but he has such that bad boy vibe. And then I'm like, oh, girl. So, but I went with this kid because I thought he had the sweetness to him, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. It was good. That was a good pick, girl. Thank you. So for me, my initial pick for Tate was going to be Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender. Because he's such a sweet baby angel. However, mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. Because if I could make one high key change, it would be the Katara and Zuko ship. So yes! this is my okay. opportunity. No, No, I'm here for it. That's been my ship the whole time. And then so no. the, the voice actors no. for Katara and Zuko also ship each other. Everybody, the writers did everybody except the I think the writer, not the writer, the executive of the show did not like it. He was the only one. And that's why it was Katara and Aang. But uh, it's okay. Not to shit on your ship, Sarah. I apologize. Listen, listen. I have some valid points, but we're not going to get into it right now. <laughs> but we, I, me and Adam have highly oh. discussed this. I'm a very big Aang Katara. I just do not feel. I, feel I like... love Aang. Don't get Aang's me my wrong. favorite character. Aang's I my favorite do. Character. I love but him. But I'm, I'm, I'm here for Zuko and Katara. Zuko also um, is kind of like the prodigal son, right? He leaves. Uncle Iroh, he returns to Uncle Iroh, and that's Tate. He leaves the Kaya, yeah, leaves Scupper, leaves his whole life behind, gets himself together, comes back, killing it. So, and then Scupper is super, super proud of his son, like, oh, Iroh is. No one deserves Uncle Iroh. Okay, no, nobody, none of us deserves him. Okay, good. 
Okay, moving on. Jump in. Who picked uh, for jump in? I picked uh, Danny Glover, who you guys might know. And yeah, no, no, not him. That's Donald Glover. That's Different. Donald. <laughs> <Dagnabbit>. <laughs> <laughs> Not jumping. <laughs> Danny Glover is in Lethal I Weapon, it. and I know him in Angels in the Outfield. Oh, oh, oh I do know Danny Glover. And he's also in an episode of Leverage, the Van Gogh job, or Van Gogh, however you say it. I think it. he's a really Which, good choice. He's, he's a really a good choice. Good, yeah. good episode. But yes, I love Danny. He's fantastic. Go ahead. I chose Denzel Washington. Um, I have him too, but not for that pick. <laughs> I had him to, I was like... I'm gonna choose him because he has. There's like a look of his where he has like the. I'm so excited. The, um, right now. Like the grayish like hair, whatever, and I could just mm-hmm. see him being there with people. You know what I'm saying? So, but Denzel. That's a good. That's a good pick, Sarah. John I love Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's good. Heather. John Q was my movie. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, I chose uh james which is tiana's dad from princess and the frog he was so warm he was so loving he was so hard working and he instilled all of that in tiana just like jumping had the opportunity to instill all that in kaya so that's a good pick heather i love him so much were you watching like uh movies like this when you were doing this because you were watching friends the last time that you chose your cast Uh, i've been watching attack on titan recently actually which so that's probably what did it (laughs) <laughs> you know it works okay maybell i have loretta devine and she's in gray's anatomy she plays the chief's wife adele and she's also in blackish and she's supernatural she plays missouri so she's not i mean i almost not- chose someone from blackish but i didn't uh end up but she looks really good i like her i thought that her and danny look good together and also yeah. she's fantastic i think she would have been a fantastic maybell I chose, like, uh, I couldn't pick um, because I love them both so much, but it's either Viola Davis or Octavia Spencer, because oh, I just watched Ma things. with Octavia Spencer, and I'm oh, like, her yeah. acting chops are just, like, for her to be the way she was in the help here, like, she's just great, and Viola Davis, I mean, she's just wonderful, like, and I think they're just beautiful, beautiful people, and I can mm-hmm. see them being very, like, motherly, homely, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I chose Moana's grandmother, Tala. <laughs> Who is not, you know, African American? She's not black, but she is a person of color, so I'm here for it. Oh, oh that's a good pick. I do like Moana's grandmother. Mm-hmm. She's a sweet I cry girl. every single time. Oh. I have not watched Moana yet. Okay, <gasps> you're missing out. One of my favorite songs is the one that's one minute and twenty four seconds, like towards the end when she's oh, like, it's the, it's "I know the, who the, you the are." Yes, yes. Oh, oh, I have so much to say about Moana. It oh no! Nope. Right, we're gonna it. stop cutting it off. You have it homework, off. Sarah. Homework. Know, time to kill. Did you even homework. complete your homework from the last time we talked? Did you watch Cinderella it. yet? <laughs> oh sh- no! You're behind. You get okay, an F. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, it's okay. Listen, I'm gonna complete no, all my homework all and extra you. credit. Oh okay, okay. Okay. I see you. All right, <clears throat> Scupper. So, Scupper, I picked Donald Sutherland. Because <laughs> I love right. Donald Sutherland, and I think that he'd be a great. I'm like he played, he played Mr. Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, and in my head, he he's always in his library reading. So him liking opera and poetry just makes sense to me. And uh, he's yeah. also in The Hunger Games too. Yes, President Snow. <laughs> President Snow. Yeah, oh. but we're gonna he not those vibes, you know, <laughs> Mr. Bennett vibes. 
Right. I chose Josh Lucas from Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> I chose him. I was no, originally it. chose like another one for this, but um, with him, like he just looks good in Southern. Yes. And, you know, like I just yes. love him. Ugh. He's also in um, Life as We Knew It with what's your face? Mm-hmm. Josh Dumel and uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Catherine Heigl were they yes I've not watched that movie in so long is it the one with the baby and they have yes the, it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she I she starts dating him and they like sort of have a family where she like ends up leaving him for Josh Jamal <clears throat> so <laughs> spoilers Josh Jamal was almost on this list too okay mm-hmm. let me talk about that it was that was too. a good pick Sarah thank you thank you well played well played my scupper is Bob Parr from The Incredibles Mr. Incredible. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know, your animated cast guy. is pretty on point. I, uh, I spent a lot of time I need on someone it. to get together and create this right now. Like, we need a movie poster <laughs> mm-hmm. of yours, Heather. Okay, any of our fans, any of our, of our readers, fellow readers, you know, this is up to you. <laughs> We're relying on you. For Not everybody's day. cast, just Heather's, because it's a damn good one. All right, <laughs> so for Joe, I picked, okay, so I had Christian Kane for something else. But because I was like, he's from Oklahoma and this is a book in the South and I need him to be on this list because I super love his voice and face and everything else about him. So, um, uh, yeah, so he's in Leverage. You guys, probably, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's in Leverage. He is in The Librarians. He's in Supernatural. All my favorite TV shows. And also in <laughs> Almost Paradise. I think he's been in some other stuff, too, but those are the things I think about. I mean... I just think he'd be a good, uh, he's, I think he'd be good at being like, hey, this is super cool. I really, he's like 50, he's 48-ish. I think he'd be like really good about going and trying to be like, look, I feel like you're not giving her a fair chance, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, be like, this, this, her collection is kind of awesome. I did not know this stuff. And also mm-hmm. like as a coroner, I just think he'd be good. I, God, I love him when he was just like, hey, did you know blah, 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 blah. I know. He was like, we're not here for that. We're here for a science lesson. I'm like, maybe you should be. Maybe you should learn some things, Sheriff. Maybe you should shut um, up and listen some more. Grow up, Sheriff. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Who's your Joe? Uh, mine was James Marsden. Um, That's a good one. Yep, yep, thank yep. you. I chose him. I feel like he would also be someone who would be like giving the benefit of the doubt, like looking everything over. Like, hey, and also just because he's a little cutie. Like, I don't know how old Joe was supposed to be, so whatever. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't super care, but he's in the notebook too, isn't he? Yeah, he's the other guy. Yeah. And he's got that southernish accent too. I watch him in Westworld, so when I see him in Mm. there being the way he is, like, mm. Just love him. He's super popular though. Like he was Cyclops, Cyclops in X Men, and he's in Enchanted, mm-hmm. and he's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah, um, he's he's really good. Sonic, he did a good job in that movie. I, think. I know that's one when I saw him in the little uniform, I was like, hey, hey. ah, <laughs> it, so it's good, it's good. All right, Heather. So my Joe was uh, is going to be, I guess, a Josephine, and we're going to go with Velma Dinkley from Scooby Doo. Oh, oh, I love it. That's good. That is, right. is actually pretty solid. I like your I like your yeah, gender bend really there. Yeah, and I think she would she would appreciate all that stuff. You know, she's she's here to solve a crime, but she's also here to appreciate the details and be like, wow, look at this. Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. All right, Sheriff, I have Robert Redford because 
I like I, he's Alexander Pierce in the Marvel series, kind of an asshole. And he's also in Our Souls at Night with Jane Fonda, which if you haven't yeah. seen that movie, oh, the heart. It's good. I don't think I've seen it, though. It's to. on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. You should watch it. It's good. Oh, okay. I won't make it homework, though. Okay, okay. Well, that might <laughs> It's be not official homework. <laughs> That's extra credit. <laughs> For real. Um, I chose Jeffrey Dean Morgan just because I could sing him, oh, too, you know. Damn! That's a good one. He's right? in Supernatural, like, too. Yes, yeah. I know. He's great, and just knowing him as, which I was introduced to him probably before this, but I remember him as like Negan, of course, from The Walking Dead. Yeah, so yeah. I see him being you like were introduced to him in P.S. I Love You, is what people Oh, God, him. yeah, I love that movie. Also, That's yes. And he's in Grey's Anatomy. He Thank is. Demi. Oh, yes. He's great. Demi so. Arquette hurts my soul. We can't talk about him. All right. So, Heather, who's your sheriff? I went with uh, the classic Sheriff Woody. Because um. <laughs> he's kind of an asshole to buzz. Yeah, an asshole to buzz. It made perfect sense. He's got his biases, and uh, I'm like, and he's also a sheriff. So we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. <laughs> I love this so much. I think you've killed me. I think you've killed me. I think you've killed me. Oh, Tom. <laughs> so Tom. Tom, I have Denzel Washington. Oh, really yeah. It's oh, a good choice. Solid I know, choice. right? We, I mean, he just needs to be in this movie. I don't care where he is, but he. Need, I just thought he'd be a good Tom. He just, I, I can see him as a great Tom, yeah. I think most of the reason that. I said him for Tom is because he doesn't, I think it's in his contract or something that he doesn't, like, kiss other women on like his in his movies and stuff like he doesn't he doesn't really ever have a love story because of his contract so i was like okay well he can't be jumping for that reason uh-huh. I was like, he'd be a good tom because he's reasonable head on his shoulders he's malcolm x and he was in a lot of other things uh mm-hmm. book of eli the equalizer mm-hmm. i always remember mm-hmm. him of man on fire mm-hmm. with dakota fanning i think yes yeah, if you have not watched john Hume, for sure you need to watch it uh, that's my homework put it on my list for sure mine is non-existent because i had such a hard time doing it so i'm just gonna make it up and uh say that it's donald sutherland because he's a wonderful (laughs) man i picked him for i picked him for tom first and then i I rearranged him when i told you i was rearranging a billion times he was one of the people i rearranged like i erased him that's a good pick sarah (laughs) Thank, thank you, thank you. I think, yeah, congrats to both of you for putting Donald Sutherland in there to begin with. I think he's I a great him. pick for this film somewhere. Yeah. Um, I went uh, with the literal perfect man, Uncle Iroh, as Tom. Yeah, yeah. Understanding he's been in prison before, that's a hard time. He gets it, and I think he would bring the tea, and he would be good to Kaya, so. I he like would it. be. He's the kind of person that would bring her a book just to put her at ease. Yes, I, that's exactly what I thought thought about was him bringing that book to be like, and he also read her really well. He knew not to touch her. He knew not to, he, he picked up on a lot of Kaya's body language. And mm. I think Uncle Iroh would also be very respectful of those yeah, boundaries. Yeah, he is very perceptive, indeed. Absolutely. That's a and good he's crafty. He is crafty. You want that oh. in a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And he also kind of went out and then, oh, ooh. See, he also, yeah, he like, kind of got put away for a while and then came out of retirement a buff man 
which yep tom wasn't a buff man but he did come out of retirement to do something I mean, great, that so. brain is pretty damn huge what the fuck you think he was doing in retirement mm-hmm. you don't leave Love the game just because you retire <laughs> you don't leave the game <laughs> no oh okay most of our retired sports people i don't do sports but uh, unless it's uk basketball most of our retired sports people what do they become announcers casters yeah. on the sports shows you know why because you don't leave the game ever okay <laughs> so chase andrews <laughs> hearing that from Delia is a wild time <laughs> <laughs> i know right because i'm like the least sporty person ever the most sporty shit i did was in high school and it was as a like a doing archery you stand still you moved your arms that's it didn't need any coordination that's a, that's why i chose it okay that's why i did it <laughs> and you know i watched you play basketball with your brother oh thank you yeah i can do i could do it i mean it's not well whatsoever <laughs> i fall i hurt myself <laughs> but i mean I, i'm sorry i'm not even to laugh at your pain <laughs> i could just see I could run like a penguin no it's terrible it's terrible Anyway, Chase Andrews. <laughs> okay, so Chase, I just picked a lot of people from the fucking Hunger Games. So that's Here we go. I'm into it. Okay, so it was Alexander Ludwig or Lud- Ludwig. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, my guy. Uh, but yeah, he. I don't remember who he is in, but he's in the Hunger Games and he's in Vikings. Um, okay, okay, he's Kato, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's that's Canadian, Kato for sure. But... Oh yeah, and Kato was a big old douchebag. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That's all I could think about. I was like, it's you. It's you or Alex Pitfer. I chose, um, his name is Chase Stokes. And he really? plays good job. in, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a good one. He plays in the Outer Banks show. And, like, I looked at him and just immediately oh, saw damn. Like, this. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, this dude. And I heard him talk in an interview. I, like, watched it. I'm like, I like this dude. And I could see him since I would already chosen my Tate. I was like, this has to be. Like, I just see him being such a little Chad. You know what I'm saying? Like, such yeah. one of those dudes. So. All right, Heather, come at us with the Chase Andrews. I went with Gaston. There is no other man. Damn! Oh, that was good! good. Oh, that was perfect. That is a good one. Mm. Yep. Mm. I freaking John had falls to his death. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Mm. Although, guess Luke Evans in the live action version. Oh, I love Luke. He did. Oh my! I almost chose him for mm-hmm. this. Oh, no I joke. Did, I think I almost chose him for. Um, maybe it was Chase, and I was like, no, maybe it wasn't. Let me look at him. Look at Luke. He does Broadway. I love him. Yes. Who is that Jacqueline? Tell Jacqueline I said hi. What was his name? Luke, whatever it was. Luke she Evans. Gaston, yes. No, I didn't choose him for for Chase. I was going to choose him for, I think, the sheriff. Mm, he's been a good sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. yeah. Who is I, next on the list? Ju- the judge. I picked, this is the last person, and we weren't going to cast the judge originally, but then I came across this guy, and I was like, okay, I got cast him as the judge. He'd be perfect. Yeah. Who so. was it? Jen no, Bridges. No. <laughs> I didn't. Cho- I didn't choose the judge, so that's gonna be my pick too. Okay, <laughs> that's a good one, right? I, I was looking at him for like the sheriff, and then I was like, "Fuck it, he's the judge. He's the perfect judge." Yes. Oh, I feel that. Feel I that like real big. Uh, my judge is Human Mufasa. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good judge. I'll allow it. That's a damn good. James Earl Jones, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you. Yes. Yes. 
ridiculous. Humans for what I needed. So animated it. You know what? Mukasa is a good pick. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I think we might have killed Sarah though. (laughs) Where did she go? (laughs) Okay. Skrillex is cute. That's me. Oh damn. I I was I'm just super happy we did this book, guys. I just had I got a lot out of it. I super appreciated it. It's so good. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Absolutely. It was a good choice. Um, I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Any last thoughts? Any last words before Heather outros us? No, I think that was it. Go go read this book. And if we have merchandise, you should think about purchasing it. We don't have merchandise yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah's like, I we just, should, I let's not plug shit before time. we become shit okay yes okay okay sorry but, there are seven followers please go buy the merchandise we don't have and also <laughs> i feel like if you haven't read this book sorry for ruining it for you we did give you lots of warning ahead of time of it was yes, a good 20 second spoiler warning okay. absolutely in which case i'm not sorry you made your choices okay that was on you homie that's on you <laughs> All right, Heather. You got a lie it. with the fishes. Wait, that's not how it goes. Lie with the dogs. Something about fishes. Lie, sleep lie, with the fishes. Sleep with the fishes. Lie down with dogs. With get up with fleas. I don't that's know if wrong. any of these apply, but I'm here for it. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, fellow readers, it is time to say goodbye. Remember to check our Instagram for upcoming reads and the casting list. Uh, big thanks to myself for writing the theme song, mm-hmm. uh, Dylan, who created our logo, and our respective mm-hmm. life partners for their unwavering support. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time when we turn the page. <laughs>